We are I. All right, everybody, we're sitting here uh, with Dean and Roberta from Brazil Wellness Center here. So it's going to take me a little while to go through this laundry list that we put on the board here of the reason why Dean and Roberta are here right now. So um, let's start off with Dean. Uh, Dean's a, a sponsored Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athlete with Allmax and VVV Fightwear. Um, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's been training in Brazil since 2009, but in Canada since before that, right, Dean? Yes, much before yeah. 2000. 2000, and he competes in the Pan Am Games, the World Masters, the Masters European Championships, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Pro in Brazil, and also in many events in the IBJJF. Um, all across Canada and the United States. Correct. And Roberta, she's a certified yoga instructor. She has a, a hybrid style of yoga that you know really suits the model of um, what the jujitsu students uh, need at their club. And then also she specializes in more of a therapy and mobility style yoga and also is certified in yoga trapeze. Yes, correct. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, a little bit of Roberta's past, uh, when she lived in Brazil, she competed in the Eco Challenge. Was that once or twice? No, I did a few times. few times? Yeah. Um, Roberta and I also uh, ran the West Coast Trail together. Anybody who knows anything about the West Coast Trail knows what that's like. And uh, Roberta's also competed in how many bikini competitions? Um, four or five. Four or five? Yeah. yeah. Over the years. So obviously everybody can see the reason why I had to write that on the board and one of the only things I've actually ever tried to read off a board or a piece of paper or anything. So that's why I stumbled my way through that one. Um, but yeah, that's the laundry list. So welcome to the show, you guys. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you, Blake, for giving the opportunity for us to be here. No problem. So let's start a little bit just to kind of break this. Tell us a little bit about Brazil Wellness Center and what you guys do there, why you guys opened it, how long it's been open for. Two... 2010? I think we're on our seventh year in business. Yeah. Um, we started off in a much smaller location and uh, pretty much the idea behind us opening the gym in the first place was uh, a lot of it had to do with um, travel time for us for, for training in general because in our town we didn't particularly have a gym and we'd go you know in a half hour drive or a 40 minute drive one way and then back and then you had like a two hour class in there and you've you're now you're pretty much half your day's gone. So uh, when one up small, we had a smaller gym in town where I'd actually started training jujitsu uh, earlier. And uh, once it closed up, we we sort of took advantage of uh, opening another one. So that's how we've now we've expanded to a larger location. Yeah, and we, and we decided to combine combine jujitsu, what is what he loves. Yeah. And then yoga. At the time, I already was doing for a few years. And let's see what can come from that. That was a pretty fresh concept at the time for that combination. 
Yeah, because yoga and jujitsu back then, like those are pretty pretty new concepts. Like they're pretty mainstay now, you know. But like yeah. way like seven, eight, ten years ago, like those were those were pretty relatively and new in, concepts. In different uh, parts, right? Different levels, I would say. Uh, jiu-jitsu was the type of person, oh, I want to fight, right? And then yoga is the people who want to do meditation only. There, there was that kind of idea. And we kind of mix both, uh, one complement the other one. So what you get, the benefits you can get from yoga will help you a lot uh, for jiu-jitsu, as will help for any other sports. And it's only been within the last like couple of years that you know, people in jiu-jitsu world are starting to incorporate yoga into their profile. Yeah, in a sense, um, that's true. There is a lot of uh, other people out there now that have taken the idea and have incorporated it into jiu-jitsu, probably because one way, one time or another, they were maybe badly injured during a jiu-jitsu training without without proper knowledge of how to work, train their body, train and stretch, um, working out. So. It could have been directed by somebody else to try a different art, and then obviously that benefited their jiu-jitsu game. So I think a lot of guys are starting to bring that to the play. I mean, at least I know the higher guys we deal with have totally taken recognition on the benefits of yoga for jiu-jitsu. How did you originally get into jiu-jitsu? Because, like, we're with you and yoga. Like, yoga's been around for quite a while, but, like, jiu-jitsu is quite new, and especially almost yeah. 10 years well, yeah, 10 years ago now, or Eight, how many 18 years, years. 18 years. 18 years. 18 years, jiu-jitsu yeah, so, now. Yeah, jiu-jitsu was pretty fresh back then. Like, not a lot of people even, what seems like, heard about jiu-jitsu. Yeah, no, I would say it was uh, pretty fresh for at least our market. Um, not so much in other markets, more so in our market, North America, when I speak like that. But I I actually, the way I got onto jiu-jitsu was, was partially because of a, a guy that I used to work with in... Um, I used to work in a site furnishings place and ran a ran a powder coating oven with one particular guy and he was taking jiu-jitsu he had signed up for jiu-jitsu and uh, all he did was talk about it all day long and then when I wasn't looking he'd like slap a choke on me or something for fun you know and say you know he was so excited about the stuff he learned the night before and then one day uh, the school that he was attending was actually in my hometown um, so I ventured in there with uh, at the time my stepson who was like five or six years old and we wanted to put him in a martial art and uh, I took him in there and I signed him up for a kids kids style class and then the owner invited me to come and check out the adult class and I I, I took a class and uh, I got humbled really quickly and it didn't really sell well with me I I lost sleep for like a week <laughs> from from going to those first couple classes I, I took I was like man how did that happen and I kept getting I kept getting choked out by the same guy and and it was something dumb and I was bigger than the guy too so it was like frustrating for me to I, I literally sat at home at night and stared at the ceiling thinking about it so after that point I signed up and I uh, I just didn't want to miss classes I just didn't want one guy knowing more than me so that's sort of how it became an addiction I just was I liked it so much and I was was kind of like compelled to get better at it yeah. See, and I find that to be the one thing about yoga and jujitsu is that they're both so humbling. Like yeah. when I can't lift, say if I set out to lift 100 pounds and I couldn't lift it, it'd be like, okay, well, I'm just not strong enough. Like your mind kind of connects with like, I get that. You know, but like when you're holding warrior two and you're struggling and you're dying and you're just like, why is this something that seems so easy, so hard? Or, you know, like when you go to jujitsu and 
like, you know, when it comes to fighting, like, oh, I just have to punch the other guy more than he punches me and I should be good. You know, but like when it comes to jujitsu and, you know, like you could be this like six, four beast and like this tiny that, little guy just that chokes it. you out and sends you home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, it is, it literally is it's really humbling. It, it's a humbling experience to go in and be, uh, out grappled. I mean, uh, they say, you know, majority of, of, of fights, if you're looking from a self defense side of things end up on the ground one way or another well most people never trained the ground until like recent years nobody would really train on the ground and feel comfortable on their back or feel comfortable in a, in a position on the ground like if you hit the ground you were in trouble or feel uncomfortable like yeah. getting choked out or like your arm being wrapped that, that, like, I think yeah. that's like a key word feel comfortable when you are uncomfortable so yeah. that's when you guys you get guys like big guys strong guys and they get really bad time on the mats from a 13 years old who is skinny who is small and he handle you like no problem you I know even have like that flexibility of a you know a smaller guy you know like because typically you know like fighting everybody's always like worried about like the big guy you know maybe like the, the middle linebacker looking guy you know like mm -hmm. just big bulky but you know with jujitsu just having like that like that little bit less muscle a little bit more agile a little bit more mobility definitely plays into your advantage yeah body movement for jiu-jitsu is key and being able to have body awareness and being able to move your body the way you need your body to move to control leverage is is what you're you're being you're being taught so it, it is humbling again like when a when a bigger guy who thinks he's in really great shape maybe he goes to the gym every week and he can bench press 300 pounds comes into the gym thinking he's going to smash somebody and ends up getting humbled it's it's one of those things it's like you know it never gets old right no when you see such a, a little short girl walk to him take him down put your hand down and arm bar the guy and the guy's like tap 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 it's funny see and like it is it really levels the whole playing field they like i don't i feel like there's a lot of other martial arts that like being the bigger person is still to your advantage you know, but and it is. I still think that there is an advantage uh, to, because jujitsu has changed a lot in the last ten years. I mean, if you think about people are more athletes that train like this now are more in tune with with how to use jujitsu and how to make jujitsu work. But they've also added what they had before the game, like the strength and conditioning side into the game, which makes them even more deadly. So. Yeah, you have two guys comparable in jiu-jitsu knowledge and one guy's got a lot better strength and conditioning. It's obvious who's going to be the guy who's going to lead the pack in, in this regard. And, you know, I think that was bound to happen. It's bound to happen sooner or later. It's, it's happened in every sport. If you look at hockey is a great example to look at nowadays. Like when I grew up playing hockey, uh, you went to like a camp in the summertime or you went to hockey school. But nowadays they got like hockey academies where, where kids train every single day on the ice and they're doing dry land with coaches and guys giving them diet advice and they're only like 14 and 15 years old and they're being conditioned to be athletes from a very young age and they have all the resources behind it where we didn't have that we had to kind of make that stuff or be the guy who has stepped out of the zone and put that in on his own and somehow figured it out nowadays it's available all the knowledge is available yeah you know it really is you know crazy <clears throat> you know 
like you said, I think just because people are taking a lot more of a vested interest into like each individual sport and activity now to such a greater degree, like like the fine tuning of the tools that you need for all of these sports, you know, whether it be yoga, jujitsu, hockey, basketball, or whatever it is, like it's just it's amazing where we've taken sports, athletics, and even the human body. Yeah, I would agree. It is. Yeah, so because jujitsu is the popularity, probably the UFC is the biggest contributing factor to like the popularity behind jujitsu. Do you do you like where it's gone since you started? Um, I don't not like where it's gone. I think I I think I really enjoyed say something like the UFC a lot more when it wasn't so flooded with events where they had like uh, an event every two months because. People had kind of had something to look forward to, and then I found that the cards were obviously more, more stacked, uh, and they had more athletes that were specialists at the things they do. And now, I think when you say mixed martial arts, you've pretty much not watered it down, but you've you've changed it a bit because you don't have one guy who's like super good at one thing. He's good at He's good at one thing, but he's he's better at this thing, and he's maybe really good at this thing. So he's got a little bit of everything, but he's not good at any one thing. And I kind of liked, I kind of appreciated, and that's just my personal opinion. I liked it when it was like good a matchup, like a this guy's a top Muay Thai fighter, and we're gonna put him against this jujitsu fighter, you know, who's like a top jujitsu fighter, and that's what their specialties were. You know, they one guy wasn't like right across the board perfect on all the things or what or had a bit of everything i i think those were kind of more exciting to watch but um nowadays like there's a ufc on every weekend and there's tons of fighters i mean i don't even know the names of the people anymore like i couldn't tell you all these guys unless you're watching it all the time and that's what you like is just to watch mixed martial arts i don't think it'd, it'd be very difficult for me to even tell you who's on the board yeah unless it's a big name guy who's a specific fighter of you know a jiu-jitsu fighter then i make me be able to tell you something but on the positive yeah. note I that the UFC uh, made the jiu-jitsu more visible for people for sure regular people right not just for who is into the sports so like have you guys seen like the attendance like at jiu-jitsu tournaments increase since like with the rise in the popularity of the UFC like a lot more people are getting into jiu-jitsu or is it kind of I don't think the UFC has really contributed to that as much as the fact that jiu-jitsu in our market is I think from the last stats that I saw we were probably the number two market saturated market for martial arts gyms in general in in, in North American market we were like we have you know per per capita for people and all that we've got tons and tons of gyms whether it be taekwondo whether it be karate or jiu-jitsu there's just a ton of places to go out here and i mean some cities like you can give langley for instance probably has in a vicinity of five or ten miles there's probably at least four gyms uh which is it's a lot i mean i would say yoga and martial arts studios are definitely like the two most saturated you know businesses to be able to open in when it comes to like health and fitness yes yeah. In the last, I would say in the last eight years, it's popping in a lot of it's, places. It's definitely an, it's definitely an alternative fitness trend for yeah. sure. Like in, it's, it's not your average sport. It's something that's individual. And a lot of people uh, that don't want to do a team sport, probably that were looking for something to do to, to do to stay in shape and like keep their mind fresh is maybe that those are great options for them. Yeah. You know, I think even like, you know, 
for like both of them, especially like with martial arts, because there's like children don't face a whole lot of adversity, you know, anymore at all. So like when they're in a martial arts, they get a little, they can tap into, you know, like that adversity and really try to, you know, build some character, you know, with inside themselves because they may not face it in any other area of their life. In today, yeah, because I think there's constraints on what teachers are allowed to do now, and everything has become a lot more uh, politically correct. Where they don't want people to be physical in any manner. Uh, they don't want you to say something that's going to hurt their feelings, that type of thing. So when you bring them into like a martial arts or traditional martial arts environment, there is like discipline, and we're not afraid to, you know, to tell a person that, hey, man, you're you're out of line. We don't. The feeling, the being hurt. I guess that that part of it's going to maybe come. There, we've had students like that, where we where we do a lot of kids, and someone will be like, "Man, you told me I did this. Uh, I'm not allowed to to do what I'm doing." Well, you're acting bad, you know. Yeah. In terms of the environment, so it's it's one of those things where we you're not allowed to cross the line, but we still have an element of discipline, and 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 parents know that, and that's why they bring their kids out. A lot of times, they bring their kids to us because they they can't control them in some regard, like. Or they're they're hyperactive, or they they've had, you know, no energy, or they've been apparently diagnosed as like being a attention deficit disorder or something like that because they they're super active. It's, and and it really, a lot of times, it isn't that they have any of those things. It's it's just the fact that they're underexercised. Well, and, and yeah. I find it really interesting in the in this environment too, because I think you guys have like a perfect blend. You always the you know, like obviously the yoga and like meditation bringing, you know, more like awareness who they are, how to be able to control their mind and their body. And then, you know, like martial arts to be able to expel that, that energy. But we have a lot of professionals or, you know, people of, you know, like say higher status into saying like what we should follow and we should, you know, teach our children and how that, you know, we should manage our children saying that we should live this certain way. But parents are all seeking out the complete opposite environments. You know, or say like, for example, that, you know, you shouldn't, you know, discipline your child or, you know, you shouldn't, you know, tell them they're doing, you know, a bad job of something or they need to do better at it or, you know, not just giving them, say, like a participation ribbon, you know, things along those lines. Because with martial arts, it's not like that. you got to, you know, earn that respect. You have to earn it. You have to work towards it. It's a in and out daily process. The same thing with yoga and meditation. It's, it's a constant fine tuning for the rest of your life. For kids, it's uh, there is no that's a consolation prize for jujitsu because if I'm teaching you how to get out from the army bar, you must do that. Otherwise, if we kind of give a an intention prize for you, oh yeah yeah you can do that. I'm creating a fake confidence on that kid. He will think he is strong enough. And then he will put himself in a situation because he thinks he's strong enough and he will have a problem because he cannot do. So or he does or he doesn't. I think I think I think also that uh, jujitsu in, in particular um, teaches kids to learn how to accept accept a, a failure. You know, like to know that when they do do something, they're not always going to be the winner. And they've got to they've got to accept defeat and know that okay use defeat and turn that as into a motivator instead of a something where they just they go into a corner and curl up into a ball like I I, I heard something the other day or I read something that I thought was a pretty interesting statement and was saying that that failure was the key to success and I, I think that in a sense it's true because you're never gonna if you if you're in the mindset 
that, okay, I didn't fail. I, I lost my fight, but I, now I'm super motivated to go back and figure out my mistake and get better. You know, I don't know. That's the way I feel I'm programmed. Every time I lose a match, I get hungry. I feel like I go back to the gym and I'm even more motivated. Not that I wouldn't enjoy the win because I really love to, I'd really love to feel the win and I love to feel the success, but I'm learning when I fail. I'm learning my holes. I'm learning everything and I go back and I'm motivated. I'd be really motivated. It makes me want to train even harder because well, I need to taste that feeling of the victory again, you know, to feel the good part. Teaching you the, the value in both, you know, like yeah. the winning and the feeling. Exactly. And then, you know, because I've played so many sports, you know, I've just, and I've done so many activities. The one thing that yoga and jujitsu have really taught me, not that I do a whole, whole lot of either or, but the, the value that I see in both is they're all about like millimeters, you know, like yoga where it's, Okay, we're gonna hold this pose for two minutes, but it's like okay, fifty nine seconds. I was struggling, you know. Then if you had like if you were watching a timer, like like seconds make a big deal. You want to bank seconds, you know. In jujitsu, you want to bank millimeters of movement, you know, or totally close millimeters of movement to not give another guy. Like they're they're both very strategic in extremely small increments, and you know when it comes to children, that's where I really see the value in both of these, and why I love what you guys are doing in your your hybrid studio. Both is that it really teaches these children a long-term perspective where it's not immediate gratification like what their participation ribbon may be it's like i just showed up and i got some gratification behind it it's like no like you got to look at the really small details and the small movements that's just more real life roberta and i have have taken on the the teaching of kids over the last few years and and we really to be honest uh we're, neither of us is re- or really like super confident or really on a know-how on saying like hey we know how to teach kids the best way you know what i mean it's it's been a total like millimeter learning process for us like we've we've tried one thing and then we figure you know what no that's not going to work and then we've kind of playing with these kind of ideas and kind of come down to like where what's the appropriate time frame to teach a kid in um you know maybe we started with an hour but an hour is too long because the attention span isn't there so we drop it to 45 minutes. Now the attention span seems to be able to hold, provided we have the right mix of, of uh, activities, so to speak. You got a little bit of a warm up. You've got no more than one technique because if you go over that, then no one's going to absorb anything. And you got to actually run that technique for a couple of weeks because if you, it's not like an adult where I can. I can take someone with a little bit of a conditioned mind and for, for one class say I can show a particular uh, choke or an arm lock or something like that and then next class move on to another one. It's not like that with a kid. A kid has to be slowly taken into it and the focus isn't really in on, in, in my opinion anyway, on jiu-jitsu isn't about teaching kids submissions and how to choke and arm lock people because I think the ideal way to teach a kid is to give them the first you know, say they come to us at eight years old. At 13, we generally call them youth, and we sort of, depending on their uh, maturity level, we move them into like an adult-style class. But what we do up until that point is teach them body movement and coordination so that when we do bring them into that adult thing, it's easy for them. It's really easy because they know how to move their body, and actually they're better than adults because they've had some conditioning time, and they got really, really good at it because it was very repetitive. And uh, I think that's the way to, to bring kids into it is give them their basic self-defense skills and then teach them body movement so that when we do merge them into an adult-style jiu-jitsu program, that they're, they're like way ahead. They're light years ahead of everybody. 
So when when a, a child or a youth comes into your guys' program, like, do you guys have like a like a mandatory program where they, they do yoga and jujitsu, or is it just is it optional either or? For kids, is we do just the jujitsu. The adults, the they have an option, or they can do just jujitsu, or they can add uh, the yoga and attend the yoga specific yoga classes, right? Now. In the jiu-jitsu classes, what our association has, and you can say is a trademark for Hibeto Association, we do the gymnastica natural, so we have a, a set of uh, specific drills we do, incorporate some yoga and jiu-jitsu moves together, that's just for the warm-up and help a lot develop your your joints the uh, the muscles and the how to move your body with Every, your breathing yeah with your yeah. breathing together um so they they have the option for kids is pretty much jiu-jitsu but over time what we can see for the kids is you have the kid sometimes it's very shy he's afraid of over, over everything and then you see over uh, two three years how become a teenager or adult and they walk different and now they are confident how they care their body or how, how uh, they don't need to be afraid of everything and uh, you see on their behavior like some parents come oh my kid used to be afraid of everything come to me to ask for everything help and they see maybe one day their kids in the park with other kids when the other kids try kind of bully or push around and they are fine with that and they come back no I'm fine mommy I don't need you I'm okay I can handle I'm not afraid I know they cannot do anything with me or if they can I know what I can do I know where I can ha ask you for help so they develop more than the physical is the emotional too and for the adults um, we see some people get more confident of their body, uh, what they can do, they are capable, they learn, oh, that is not so hard, like they had the idea it was hard. And especially for girls, uh, we're seeing the last year, we're growing that, because girls have the idea, oh, it's a boy stuff, right? It's a fight, that's too hard. I'm not strong, I don't have muscles, or I, I don't have height or I'm not flexible. There is so many I don't and I don't have. And we have a specific class where we're bringing the women and showing the basic self-defense and you slow do the transition for the regular class. 100% of the girls start on that girls class. In a month and a month and a half, they want to move to the regular class. They learn, I mean, equal with the boys. Doesn't matter what their size. Yeah, we started off with a class, our pilot class. We we brought in. I think we had around thirteen, and of all those women, within like weeks of their training, they they stayed with the women's program. But they said, "Hey, I, I want to go to the other one. I can do that now," because I think what scares people in the in the beginning is the fact that they don't know how to move. And when you get into a group and it's just brand new, you got brand new women just training with women and there's not the intimidation of perhaps like the men looking down, like waiting for them to finish the drill so that they can, you know, do the drill right after or whatever. Um, they they feel more confident. Now we, we focused on those things with just a group of women that 
would allow them to easily merge into the regular class and make it through no problem to hit the technique part of the class. And and the technique is the same for everybody. I mean, it doesn't well, really matter. Well, jiu-jitsu is a pretty, pretty intimate environment too. So like, you know, like for guys, I think guys are kind of used to, we've just been brought up around, you know, you're always like wrestling, you're always very close quarters with somebody else. But, you know, for a woman to be that close in that kind of an intimate environment with another man, I'm sure probably poses, you know, some initial concern for most women too. Right? I think so when there was just one or two people, but when there's, when you hit a certain number and they see there's like at one, I'll give you an example. One, at one point after we did this class about a month into the, into the program, maybe two months, there was an equivalent amount of women on the floor as men one night, one That's or two cool. nights. And it was like one to one. Which is amazing. So if you're talking uh, 26 people on the floor in the nighttime, half of them are women, which was incredible. And I never expected it to take off. And it's it like, again, this is one of those things where it was a learning process for us that we never one day we just decided, let's do this. Let's make a all women's class on once a week on Sunday and try to make it work. And we didn't know if it would work because we tried to, like, incorporate women before, but we were doing it wrong. So finally, this program went and it's been steady now like what do you building. think of that Roberta like what does that what does that mean to you as well because I've always known you to be pretty confident like you, it's not like a something that you lack in but like do you do you love seeing that like these women who might have a little bit less confidence um, coming and just owning it I I grew up in a family where we're treated equal doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl we do everything everybody do everything and everybody gonna do the same share so I think that's one of the reason I always thought he can do, I can do. Not because he's a male or a girl. It's just because we are humans and we have two legs, two arms, and we can do. Now for the girls, I think because there is that pre-idea girls stuff, boys stuff, um, and the girls see jiu-jitsu as a, something is just for males, and there is that thing, oh, somebody too close to me. But once they step in, give the opportunity to try, they 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 have the tools to realize they are equals. Like, it's two arms, two legs, one head, and one neck. So if he can choke me, I can choke too. If the person can be on top of me and suffocate me, I can do the same. I can turn the situation and I can do the same, no matter my size. Uh, like I'm small, he is big, he's not small, and I can take him down. I can, if he's on top, <laughs> I can turn him around, I can choke him, I can armbar. So, and he can do the same with me. So, it's like a, a game, a chess game. Yeah, the best way, way to put e- it. Equalizer, right? Yes. Yep. We're, you just need to think about what that person is going to do. That person is going to take me down. How I can avoid that or how I can reverse. So, the girls need to step in the class one time. To, to see is not about strength and is not about what gender you are. You're equal. Once you step one time and you have that little taste, you will understand the process. We have one girl. Um, she, she came to the studio to bring her four kids. And then uh, her husband started the class and took a few months for us to convince her to step in the class. And then she finally, because we talked so much, she said, I'm going to do one class just so you guys can stop to ask me to try the class. <laughs> just so you shut up and about she, it. she, yes, she was the kind of person, she don't have eye contact, is always 
very polite, but always quiet. She talk quiet, very shy. She is having plans to go for a camp in Brazil now. She just did her first competition and she has plans already for the next one. She, and she is like thirsty for that. She's tough. Yeah. She's, she's, she's amazing. She's one of our probably most dedicated, motivated females. Right now. Yeah. See, and that's why, like, I, I don't know where or how the whole thing started with, like, with males being stronger than females. Because, you know, I've seen it through all the years, like, even pound for pound lifting weight, like, women may lift, say, you know, lighter weights, but, like, the strength to weight ratio is yeah. always higher in women than it is in guys. And the pain ratio is, too. Pain ratio and, like, leverage, too. Like, I feel like women, because, like, like jujitsu, and, you know, I even feel, like, a little bit with, like, yo, it's all about leverage. Like, understanding how to be able to control your body, and that's where, you know, you can be way smaller than your opponent. And as long as you know how to leverage your weight and position it well, like, in jujitsu, from what I understand it's like you can own that other person very easily you know and have them to your bench and that's right it feel. happens uh, i mean it happens regularly uh, regardless of the size there's 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 guys that are really good at moving and with really good movement and they're hard to contain um they they know leverage they're and that's what makes them phenomenal oh, i mean we had um a year ago rodrigo pagani came in here to do a, a seminar and one of the things he was teaching for everybody was how to get out from when they have a, you have a person on top of you. He is my height. So, 140 pounds. Uh, yeah, he's a skinny guy. He weigh, he's about the same height and they wear the same gi. Yeah, we so wear just the same. So just to give you an idea, so it's just a little I'm bit heavier. Five, five three, I think my height no, five, five my, four. Yeah, yeah. Five, five, six, and probably. the weight's very light. So we wear the same gi. He was teaching that that position for the whole class and everybody trying to do and we had one student really tall and heavy. How much how heavy was that guy? I believe he was over he was up around the three hundred pound yes. mark and he was about six three. Yeah. So in the end the class he said, you know, I'm teaching that and I'm telling you it's possible, it's possible, but I need to show to you so I can prove. So he lie on the ground, told you Come, just hold me down. Try hold me down. And we had that on video to prove. Yeah, it went up. He put it up on YouTube on his page, I think, of how he escaped a 300-pound guy like lying on him. And he did. See, I, I'd love yeah. for you guys to share that link with me so <laughs> yeah. that I can attach it to this episode too so people can see he, that. He did. Really get Took, that. Uh, it was amazing. Under a minute, right? Or a minute. Yeah, just over. But he I mean, and the guy the, is the heavy. The whole technique, and the guy was truly trying to hold him down, and he flip the guy so mm. that is to show when you use the technique the leverage and you get and it's like like you said little by little right it's yeah it was work it was work for sure effort. with that still, kind of even, body weight but he made a it a lot of lot of work you know just in like a minute even if it took two minutes or 10 minutes but for somebody to work at something and another person being like 300 pounds versus you know even call them 150 you know, somebody's legitimately w weight you think it's that proverbial proverbial i'm just gonna sit on you or i'm just gonna lay on you and i'll be fine but this takes that all the way yeah and then under normal circumstances that would have probably just been the case if it was yeah. two guys that never ever had trained anything and you had one guy that was that big and he was on top of you the chances are you're probably not going to get him off and see that's yeah. the reason why i feel like you know like like children you know like women especially you know, like smaller guys like 
they need that because again, like you said, like in a real life scenario, people with two people with no skill, it would be the bigger guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like the we all see it, like the guy just kind of bear hugs the other guy, and just kind of laughs, or he's like sitting on him, you know, smacking him in the face, you know, laughing at him, or you know, something along those lines, like a typical image you would see. But then now it gives everybody who's smaller almost the more advantage because for one, they're discredited. Somebody bigger thing and like I'll automatically yeah. be able to take it to the house. But then now this this smaller person flips that script. It's just it, it must be so empowering, especially for women. Like, do you feel a lot more confident just in knowing that you can handle almost any situation with your jujitsu skills? Uh, I do feel confident to walk in, in the street. I, I'm I'm aware about what is going on around me. Um, I'm confident if something happen, I will get less damage than any other person. Cause that's the point. Uh, if you're gonna get in a in a situation, a bad situation outside, any somebody gonna try hurt you, you're gonna get hurt. But how bad are you gonna get hurt? How 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 much can you time protect you your vitals? Yes. Can you get out of that situation to have the time to ask for help or to move yourself to out of that situation? I'm confident I can I can do something like that. Another thing I think about people think was if the guy trains martial arts that he wants to fight. I think it's totally the opposite. Yes. I think we're, when, when, when you're talking about a martial artist, martial artists don't want to fight in the street. I mean, that's not what we're, we're really trained to do. Um, we would prefer to avoid the situation, but we're confident in the fact that, hey, if something happens, I'm going to do better than I would if I wouldn't have had this training. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I may be able to protect myself. I may... I, I know what's coming. For, I, I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to say is like to do that. But by no means are we like looking to pick a, a street fight with anybody or I, I think because we go out as a group a lot of times and we go to the we'll go to watch the UFC, for example, we'll go to a bar and we'll, there'll be some guy chirping off and making comments and that not knowing that none of us are we're all jujitsu fighters or or guys that train or, you know, we have some really good boxers at our gym, too. But nobody is there like thinking, you know, I'm going to pound that guy. He's an idiot. Whatever. It's never like that. It's always kind of like people kind of blow it off and they laugh and it's a joke kind of thing for us. But nobody's really got that mindset. At least I can speak for our gym. I don't know about other people, but See, nobody, I know for myself personally, like like I go to jujitsu just like, you know, for two hours every two weeks. Just I do it as more because I do so much. Like, I, I like the mobility side of it, you know, I like just knowing like a little bit of skill. I, I authentically wish I, I could, de- I would love to get a black belt in jujitsu. Now for me, like it's kind of more like, you know, the million excuses why I don't have the time, right? But two days ago, I was in a gym in South Surrey and this guy, like full on seven o'clock in the morning, legitimately picks a fight with me. Like in the in the gym on these cardio, and like out of nowhere, I was training a client and he just starts yelling at me. Totally stunned. And the whole thing I was thinking in my head, I was just like, you know what? I'm like, just simply because you're doing what you're doing right now, it makes me go to show you like that you're obviously not somebody who has like any skill in in an environment you're trying to create. But then in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, could I even use these jujitsu skills? <laughs> now that I'm like, alert. Yeah. But, but then, I, then I was thinking at the same time, I'm like, because he's doing what he's doing and I'm thinking what I'm doing, I could probably choke him out quite easily. 
And I'm like, because of just that alone, I'm like, I don't even want to try. Like, I just was, I just kind of sat there and just took it. I'm just like, whatever. I'm like, if it comes down to it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's funny you think that, that way. It, it, it's actually funny because, you know, I, I found that be, the more over the years training that, that my idea with this kind of situations happen is I always, I'm always leery about another person anyway, someone that, that gets a, a, uh, aggressive because I don't really know what those guys, their background is. Like for me to say, well, I'm confident in what I do, and then I go up and this guy, I don't know, maybe he's a, maybe he is a good fighter. Maybe he's trained someplace else. I'm more aware of people around me and thinking, you know, it's not my best option to go and pick a fight with somebody because today, who knows, it can happen. But I also find myself in situations like what you're doing, and my mind goes to sizing the person immediately of what I'm looking at their height, I'm looking at are they short, are they tall, are they stocky, are they that because uh, you know tournament experience, I know, like for same, for instance, like my mindset would sort of be as if I'm fighting a guy who's way taller than me. He's probably going to be less likely to stop a shot like low leg takedown than if I stand up and grip fight with him. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not my best interest to grip fight when he's got a really long lower body and I can shoot in really low below his line, you know, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. I, I think about these kind of things when I'm even walking down the street and there's people following or whatever, when we're going, we're walking around in Europe and I was thinking, okay, he's kind of there. I should be kind of weary of what's happening. You know, the person sizing the people and just kind of playing these scenarios kind of play out in your head naturally. I think mm-hmm. after you've done this, because I think it's a confidence thing though. I think it's something that you're in tune with, you're aware, yeah. because you have this every day. And the one thing about jiu-jitsu is every day you go to the gym, you're put into a real situation. You're face-to-face, close contact, sweating with somebody else, uh, using uh, push-pull force and playing with their leverage. And you're, it's, not like, um, it's not like going to karate class where – in karate, you can't punch a person in the face too many times before they don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I can grapple with somebody for like a full hour, get a full cardio workout, get all my muscles working, my brain firing, and I'm in a close quarters combat situation with somebody for an entire hour. And I train that way daily. So how many other sports can really offer you that in a safe environment? I don't know. See, and I re- the one thing that I really like about it too is the um – like getting really comfortable with just like really um, being in an extremely high stress environment where there's a lot going on and having to think about what is the least amount of work I can do to be able to get the greatest advantage. Mm-hmm. Because typically we think the opposite of that. Like I want something very impactful, you know, but like with jujitsu, like no. I find it's not like that. Like you just, Expend you need less that energy. Less energy. Like, I need that that just that little bit of opportunity, you know, like where where's that little opening where I can go, you know, and ex- like you said, expel like the least amount of energy because, you know, I find like no matter whether it comes to alpine running, squash, you know, versa climb or rowing machine, there's nothing that taxes me like my cardiovascular system like going to jujitsu. Uh, you're it's not alone. Crazy. A lot of people the same, and I think that's what the shocker is on it when people come to try for the first or second time because. I even recall guys like saying, you know what, I'm a CrossFit coach. I'm coming in. I'm no problem. I'm in great shape. And we, that's the phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, awesome. Come yeah. down and come tr- give it a shot. You know, I'll be fine. And they put it on and then you, you do the warm up in like 15 minutes. And, and I'm not saying the warm ups are even really taxing. They're just bodily movements. They're nothing. 
for for somebody you would think that is doing a, a similar sport like a, a strength conditioning like a crossfit or whatever uh, which they should fare way better than obviously the standard person they still are tired they still feel fatigued after doing it's the mindset yeah they come, i'm strong so i'm gonna do that really strong and then they start a hundred percent from the beginning they cannot make it to the class and then you have a regular pl- person who never did anything and you know, just do as you go as you can. They can make it to the class, go over what is hard for them, and it's still fine. But sometimes the strong guy is the worst one. Well, Savius, I find like with a lot of things that I do and have done, the, the biggest differences I find are, for one, there's not a lot of sports you can do with that time under tension. Like, even other martial arts aren't, aren't that kind of time under tension. Like, in jiu-jitsu, like, you're constantly under tension. Like, you're burning oxygen. You're moving. Like, you're constantly being fatigued. You just try to minimize how much fatigue you're going through at that moment. That's where the experience comes in. You know, but then it's like you're not controlling any aspect of it. Like, you're trying to control what you want to do, trying to prevent what somebody else wants to do. And, you know, you're just you're managing so many different things that all expel energy physical energy, emotional energy, you know, like your capacity to be able to think and problem solve and, you know, have foresight, you know, like, well, this guy's trying to do this, but I want to do that. So how can I stop what he's doing, but get to where I want to go? Like, there's just so much going and on. And you're in emotional too, right? So you, you deal with the emotion. Like there is some people, they freak out when they don't have space to breathe. And then you have somebody on top of you trying to crush you. So you need to control that emotional side with issues you maybe have. And somebody's like sweat dripping in your mouth and your eyes balls you know they just that like, you can resolve with some yeah no we've, we've, we've yeah. sort of we've yeah we've sort of kind of taken care of a lot of those aspects to make that experience comfortable for people to come in and train like you know mandatory rash guard we have like our, our standard uniform which everybody's wearing like a white gi with patches on for our technical classes um but uh you know people sweat obviously but it's not when you when you take away the fact that they're not bare chested like line, especially with women in the class too, a lot of them they don't want a bare chested sweaty guy like training with him, and a lot of guys don't want that on a training basis. We know when you compete, you gotta not wear a rash guard under your your jacket. Yeah. I mean that's normal, but you're talking okay. I got a I got a five minute match. I'm not rolling for an hour straight with till I'm drenched, and then this is pouring all over my opponent, and we're both in that situation, right? So that's yeah, where we're I think, like, to... you know, jujitsu is so intimate, you know, like it just like, yeah. there's like these kind of things, like that's just one component, but never mind. You're like, you can be like cheek to cheek with somebody, you know, like for an extended period of time or, you know, like down in their armpit or, you know, like just like there's, there's so many aspects to and, it. Where... Uh, it is very intimate. You can break through a lot of issues you may have and you're going to get a family, at least in our place we see now people become a family they do things together they go out together they talk with each other like whatever happened in their personal life right you help each other uh they are together for anything that happens something happened with you one everybody know everybody gonna run and help we have like uh son and dad trained together girlfriends and boyfriend husband yeah. and wife so they become together it's almost like people who like shared uh they shared their life or shared an experience on the battlefield or something, you know, like it's kind of a bond that's you don't really break because you went through that together. Well, I mean, if you're sweating and you're sweating together every single day and you're, you're bleeding together on the mat, like not literally bleeding, but you're bleeding out your, your, your hard work. Um, 
you know, yeah, that's it, something to be said about that. It's something to be said about people who are in close proximity and, and are uh, submitting to each other on a daily basis. Like, oh, he got me today. Now, tomorrow, that isn't going to happen. I'm going to get him back, you know. It, it's it, Like you say, it's like a, a chess match for, for grown-ups. Yeah, well, you know, it's something I talk about a lot with people on this podcast. And it's something that I think we all see a little bit more happening now. Because as a culture, I think a lot of people are getting back into finding something that they just love. You know, like whether it's like jujitsu or, you know, even like these craft beers. We were, I had this woman on the other day. That's what we were doing. So we were sampling and like these craft beers. Like that's her specialty is, you know, like her industry. And it's just like the passion that people are starting to reconnect back with mm-hmm. that creates that sense of community. And then, you know, when you get involved in that, like it's just, it's an amazing experience because that's ultimately what we connect with, right? It's like feeling like we can go somewhere and, like have love have support you know have like you know people that we can rely upon and you know especially like in you know an environment like jujitsu where you're i think you made a good point like where you're submitting to other people because a lot of people aren't comfortable with that and don't walk with that being a positive experience where like you've just as a man you've submitted to a woman or you know like as a you know as a man you've submitted to like another man but like that's a big part of it and you got to be okay with that when it comes to jujitsu. yeah no and and we kind of emphasize this in the class too i mean uh to be honest if you're not if you're not getting submitted or you're not you're not testing yourself and, and throwing it out there and maybe trying new things then you're not really learning so the submission is part of the learning process it's 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 important to be submitted it's important to lose it's important to you know um be dominated sometimes it's 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 humbling and it, it makes you think i mean it's healthy it's there's Being nothing wrong by with somebody it. else is <laughs> it's a humbling experience i know the first time i'll never forget the feeling of just be like that first ever like 10 seconds in my mind before it started i'm like i can do this and then it started and uh, my eyes are rolling into the back of my head now obviously i didn't get yeah, fully choked up no i didn't fully go to sleep but i'm like i knew i was right there because of course i'm a typical guy i'm like i can get out of this and it was like <laughs> no you can't and then as soon as i started feeling my head no because i've been you know put out well, before i knew it was coming i'm just like and then i tapped it like the whole thing was maybe 10 seconds yeah you know like coming from like a like a football background like an aggressive sport background i'm used to just like smash and go and hit harder and like this was nothing like that at all no i think it is like poetic when you have a person like you think no i can and the other person is just choking and it's just like turn the wrist a little bit and then yeah and then wake up are you okay huh what do you mean i'm okay you're out. We no, had a I'm funny. Not. We had a funny one a little while ago, a month where one of our uh, black belts, um, one of the lower belts, like a brown belt, was rolling with the brown belt, and he's super good at choking people, like cross chokes and that type of thing. He he did what you're saying. He's like, I'm not tapping. No way. I'm not gonna tap. And he ended up going out. He fell asleep. And everybody was kind of surrounding him. And when they when he recovered, he's like, he woke up and he sat up and he's like. What are you guys doing in my bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> so it was oh, it was pretty funny, and he's like, "Wait a minute, did I just go out?" <laughs> yeah, that, but even like yeah, those connections, that's awesome. But you know, like one thing you were saying, like Roberto, is like the you know understanding the difference of even like a thumb position. You were know, like turning like your thumb, like yeah. like yeah. those little things, like you would never think, because like you know, like as a guy, you're like, I just need to grip on and grab and like squeeze and you can realize like you can try to choke somebody for an hour and they never go out 
Or if you have the right position, you choke them for like five seconds and their eyes are rolling into the back and they're waking up like wondering why you're in their bedroom. Yeah. Well, we had another, uh, the mom actually put her son to sleep. Oh, that was pretty funny. And I, we actually th- for all we thought it was that, a right? joke, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we didn't think it was happening. On, and because the, the kid's kind of a joker, like he's a real joker. And he's, he's, uh, he's always playing kind of pranks on the mat and that type of thing, like with people when you roll around with them. So here he was rolling with his mom and his mom ended up putting him in like a, a bow and arrow choke or something. And he, the kids started doing the like kind of funky chicken flipping around and, and kind of passed out. And we thought, hey, Ethan, come on. Yeah. It's pretty, and he was actually out. It was pretty <laughs> funny. And then he woke up and he goes, Did my mom just put me unconscious. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty funny. I said, yeah. Parenting man. guilt kicks in, but then right. parent happiness also kicks in. But then the jokes started rolling, you know, like, yeah, that's the last time you're not going to do your chores and stuff like that. Like we, we, it's all fun. It's all fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And see, and like, those are the kind of things, you know, like our environment to in the societies that we're trying to take like things like that away, you know, like almost like an environment where it's not appropriate. And it but like, look at the connection that's built between, you know, mother and son, or, you know, just within your guys' community that you have down in the studio. you're going to do that in a safe environment. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, we don't encourage people to go under, by the way. The only thing that, that when they do go under, it's on their own uh, stubbornness, yeah. so to speak. So, and generally... I mean, in all the time, in seven years or that we've been going on this, I think we've this has maybe happened twice. Like you probably got the only two stories we have to tell you in regards to someone passing out in the gym. But it's yeah, I think it's 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 pretty much one. that's pretty much it. But because you know the idea is is to tap. You're stuck. You're not getting out. Tap and live to go another round. You know, not and that's the idea. Yeah, but, save your save your injuries, you know, or anything for a competition, right? Yeah, you know, like well, no even, so, even more, so, even so, it's a, it's a competition, but we're talking uh, on a sport level. I mean, if you're gonna if you're in a situation where your 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 life is in danger, that's a different story. You're gonna obviously do whatever it's gonna take to stay healthy or stay alive or you know protect your vitals. But sport jujitsu and everything is is the same. It's 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 a humbling experience. It's Let's see who's got the skills today. Let's see who's better than the other guy. Who's who's got who's having a good day? Who's not having a good day? And test what we know. Yeah. Test our style against the other guy's style. Maybe he's like really good at triangle chokes, and we're really good at throws. I don't know. Like it can be anything like that. It's just matchups, and any on any given day, somebody else can win, mm-hmm. regardless of their skill set. Like they're all the same belt level when they're competing. They're same weight category and age category. So. They're pretty much considered equals, you know. So just uh, when growing up in Brazil, like was jujitsu promoted down there? Like did a lot of kids do it? And was it like mm. soccer and jujitsu, or you know, because okay. obviously Brazil being the epicenter of you know jujitsu and like where it came from and you know like what it was to where it is now. Like was it big when you were growing up? Uh, no, when I was a kid, no, it was not that big as is right now. And there was a period in history <laughs> who actually did uh, jiu-jitsu. So, oh, I do jiu-jitsu. Was not well seen because they had the idea is just people who went looking for trouble, for fights. Um, then things move on. They start to get more uh, educated the society, what is, is not everybody is going to do that. Because the reality is, you, if you want to fight, if you, that is 
the, the person a go in life, having jiu-jitsu or not, even a fight, right? So unfortunately, people who was getting into was the ones who want to fight because they want to know more. And then after, it starts to spread more. But I would say the last 15 years is when the things start to get more popular. You have more projects helping for low-income people to have access to that and then become more strong on the people with more uh, financial condition to, to pay for. But it was not the same. Right. The country, I think a lot of people in the country started to recognize it as, as theirs, yes. you know, where before it was not really, I don't know that the society recognized Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as being Brazil's, you know what I mean? And kind of in the, so to speak, of where it come from. And a lot of that, I think, partially come out of, again, starting at the early UFCs with the Gracie family, showing and showcasing Jiu-Jitsu to the, to the world on the world stage and, and showing that the small skinny guy can take out all the, the larger guys. So, so it's um, almost kind of like hidden or not really talked about or, you know, like people, oh, maybe it's, not like ashamed of it, but just like not willing to take like the ownership of it. More underground. Uh, and, underground. Yeah. And uh, for, if you look into the culture, there was other sports taking more visibility. Judo right? was big in Brazil uh, too. The, judo was uh, bigger than jiu-jitsu for sure. And you have soccer, what is Monster. Huge yeah. in yeah. Brazil, right? Um, then you have, uh, I remember, um, what's the, I forgot the name, For, Formula One hmm. uh, was something hmm. people watch and, and enjoy a lot, especially when we have the Senna doing the, all the circuits and winning. Um, basketball, you, you, for, for periods, we start to get stronger too. And then you have um, is a kind of soccer and volleyball together. In the foot volley. Like, foot, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so like now, like when you guys go back, because you guys go back once a year, right? Yep. To Brazil. We try once a yeah. year. Yeah. So like when you're training down there, like how many years have you guys gone back in? Do you specifically have trained jiu-jitsu down there? Every year. Every year. Yeah. How many years in a row? Since, uh, since 2009, every year. Yeah. yeah. So like, is it like? Is it like soccer now down there? Like, what's the what's no. the popularity? Uh, it's, it's region popular per region, now. region per region. I would say it's probably uh, more popular in some regions than other regions. But I would say like, kind of the mecca. You know, there's a couple areas like like northern Brazil, like Manaus, where jiu-jitsu is way bigger than most places because of the nature of the of how it Beacon. came up. Yeah. Um, What's it like training down there? Like, um, is it does it feel like like the roots of it? Does it feel like this is the home of jujitsu? I I think so. In my opinion, I, I I think that I felt the first first academy I trained at was Gracie Tijuca, which was my former my professor, my current professor's former gym. Before uh, he went on to Hebrew Jiu-Jitsu, ran Hebrew Jiu-Jitsu. They were all out of Gracie Humayata, which we were all a big team with uh, Hoyler Gracie and the family, right? And uh, that particular gym was one of the bigger gyms in Rio de Janeiro. Um, you would never know the gym was there if you were like just one of us going there looking for a jiu-jitsu gym. You're never going to find it because it's, it's in a health club on the fourth floor and there's no signage. There's no nothing. You just need to know where it is basically. And uh, all, a lot of champions came out of that gym, specifically like in the jiu-jitsu world today. Um, training there was 
was very unique and compared to training in, in North America. That's actually the first first place in 2009 when I first started to realize that my hip movement was garbage. As far as a jiu-jitsu player goes, they, they literally told me. <laughs> they basically said, There's you know. humbling all Yeah, no, it was like, you know, you, belt at that point in time. I was a brown belt. I actually got my brown belt in 2009. And uh, I had my brown belt for five years. So... Then you go down there and they're just like, your hip game's garbage. The first year, the first year I went down and they said, the f- you got jujitsu, but you, your hip movement needs work, was a polite way to put it, <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, I went home and I basically kind of focused on this. And, and actually, that's the first place and first time I was introduced to gymnastica natural as well, which was the combination of yoga and jujitsu movement. Because nobody in North America was using it. Nobody. Like, I don't know anybody, like any school that would have been using that form of warm-up or that form of exercise to train jiu-jitsu body parts, you know. So I started to bring that home with me and work on those kind of things. And uh, the next year I went back and rolled with the same guy who told me my hips were very, weren't very good, and he said, much better hips. Much better so, hips. So <laughs> that being said, I think the training experience was light years ahead of what we where we were at. Because they've been training for so long with like, for a long time. Kids like since they were like 10 and 12 years old, trained jiu-jitsu that are now in their mid-20s or whatever when I was there, or maybe even older. They've been doing that since little kids. So are they more, you know, ahead of the game? Yeah. And even on the competition circuit now, like I got my black belt three years or just over three years ago, and I'm fighting in the categories with all those heroes of mine. And they're 12 years, 13 years, 14 years black belts. You know, I'm fighting people that are, I basically started over. Basically like got my belt and now I'm going to really learn jujitsu. I'm at the bottom of the pool again. Learning. And how humbling is that? Like you get to like um, a pinnacle of something and then you're a white belt all over again. Well, let's let's just say it's very humbling. Uh, it's It was fr- frustrating at the same time to lose matches. And I'm not losing matches because I don't know the jiu-jitsu. It's because I made marginal error where they don't make error at that level anymore. It's like you make one mistake and the guy takes that. You Especially move your you move right feet a little bit yeah. out of the angle. That's gone. that's what I found is the difference between the, in the category now is that nobody makes mistakes. And if you make the guy who does make the mistake is the guy who loses. And matches are won in the first couple minutes of a match. If the guy, if I make a mistake on the feet and he gets the takedown to try to recover the points in a five-minute time span for what my age group is, is impossible. It's all, I got to really pull off a miracle to do it. Because once they get on top or that, they know how to weight distribute, they know how to control, and they don't make mistakes. So it's like, you got to fight a perfect match, pretty much. You know, and to be at that level and to know that, but to still have like the fortitude to be able to keep pushing through and just try, huh. like that's got to be up. so hard. You know, you know already. Like, yeah, you have give up. three and a half more minutes of knowing you're not going anywhere by being either submitted because you make another mistake trying to like advance, yeah. or you just kind of keep like that's got to be tough. Just to stick it is, out. and I think another thing too that's also uh, affects. The way uh, a black belt performs is 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 second guessing his own jiu-jitsu game, because I found this is that, 
you're looking at guys or you maybe you, you know who they are and you know their game and you kind of try to change your game to kind of combat their game but that's not necessarily the right thing to do the thing is is go in and play your game and do what you do best and don't change like at the last minute your what your style of you know what you're going to do is like be confident in what you know and take it from there and move with the flow just like you were going to do like on a a Friday night class where you're you're just rolling with all the rest of the guys they're all different but you you move with them and you know and you play your game well I think it's got to be similar to that like when you you go I've well, my best matches that kind of comfort level again yeah. at that level has got to be but again you'll get more into your full state right you know but it's going to be hard now to develop that comfort in that ease in that environment where you just it's probably uncomfortable all over again like somebody walking through the studio do- doors for the first time right I, I think the the best matches that I've that I've had at this level have been matches where I went the distance I may have lost the matches on the points end of things but I went the distance and and uh, I didn't get submitted in the match, but I lost on positional, positional power basically from the other guy. That to me was a, like a, a moral victory in itself. I think just to be able to go like with because I really haven't faced anybody that isn't a champion at this point. Most of them See, have got it, it, such it would, depth. Yeah, and it would take <laughs> it would take a certain type of person. I think you have to be in jujitsu too to know that like you know when you get to that point or like even in other matches where you know even though you may have lost but how you've lost how there's still a victory in that like the different levels of losing right yeah like you said like i said earlier i think what what from the losses i never i lost yeah i lost the match and sure i would have loved to have win and i would have loved to have my hand raised and felt like that champion of the day for sure um everybody strives for that it's a it's like a, a rush right everybody wants to feel what that victory feels like the taste on the tongue of the and having a gold medal wrapped around them it's amazing there isn't another feeling like that i think it's that itself is like a drug probably for some athletes um but being the fact that i lost the match makes me go home to my own gym one i get to teach my students how not to get caught in what i caught caught in or i look at it and i start analyzing it and i go back to the drawing board i go back and i work harder and i get that much better each time eventually my time will come with with getting that taste it's and just, how sweet is that going to be the first time it comes around? Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to just tell you. It's. I'm probably going to tell that story forever. Even going to bask in one. that sun. Yeah. <laughs> that story will change 10 times through the 20 years of afterwards. <laughs> do, you, do you feel it coming close? Like, do you, Does it seem like every time you go into another competition, like it's just getting a little bit closer? Yeah, I think so because the last, the last few matches I've had, I've executed my game pretty well. Um I made some marginal mistakes in the thing and a lot of times like I caught some really big name guys in like in a, in a submission, like a submission uh, position where I would capitalize on it. But I got like really, uh, I didn't take my time. I wanted to finish the person so badly that I made a mistake in setting on my setup, like one little detail and the guy would get out or something and then, you know, pass and get the points. So I'd been very, very close to finishing some top name guys. Uh, haven't done it yet, but what it's coming. coming. <laughs> it's coming. I, I plan on making it happen. I, I'm this year. I'm, I'm planning on. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna what get some. What competitions are you in this year? I did Portland already. I'm doing. I've registered for the World Masters in Vegas for August. Uh, I probably will do Seattle, which is in the beginning of August, as a warm up 
for that one. So those those are my next two for sure. Um, we've been we have maybe January. January we're looking at going European. to Portugal for the European Championships. Oh, that'll be yeah. fun. What an experience. Yeah. So those that's sort of what's on the table right now. I'm what I'm actually trying to do with jujitsu now is to hit hit like really big events that that everybody wants to go to. And I hit it at least once to say that I did it. Like, I've did been to Pan Am. Did you to go or simply because you're a black belt, you, you qualified by that alone? Or no, I don't events? I don't have to qualify for these specific events particularly. I just have to, uh, um, I have to basically register for them in an in appropriate time zone to, to get in. And then there's, depending on how many guys, it can be 30 guys in my category or whatever. But they're... Uh, at this stage of the game, like world regular world championships for adults, you have to qualify so many matches and have so many points to qualify to do world championships. For world masters, you do not. So I'm at the age point now where you know I'm I'm 47 this year. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! I I'm 47 and so close to 50. 47, and I feel like I'm, you know, 30. Yeah, you're not looking 47 at all. And uh, yeah, and I don't fight like it. I, I, I feel confident. I fight young people like all day long. I have a really good camp of guys training with me now, like in their, you know, 20s and early 30s that are, you know, pit bulls that are pushing the pace with me and making me evolve daily. So I'm, I'm quite happy with my way I'm moving. But uh, by no means at this level, like the guys coming out to fight are the guys that are top-notch everybody at my level that's training still and fighting is in phenomenal shape they're not they're athletes all of them what's it like walking on like a world stage just like you know people have come from all walks of life corners of the planet just to be able to you know compete on this stage and you're one of them it's a pretty cool experience i like it um it's nerve-wracking for sure I think for everybody for everyone who is there because everybody everybody has expectations like nobody wants to step out there and they want to lose right they want to throw it all on the mat I I myself probably my worst enemy that I put the most pressure on myself to perform and 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 I'm really hard on myself with the losses sometimes more than I probably should be but I've gotten better this is one of my my goals was the reason I really started to compete was because competing was something that really put me out of my comfort zone I wanted to do it because I'm kind of scared of it, you know. I'm kind of scared to face another. I was kind of feeling like I'm. I don't know what that individual is like on the other side. I don't know how good he is. I don't know this. I, you don't know anything about a person. You're going to step up and pick a fight with, basically, right? Or roll around on the mat, and the guy's going to try to break my arm or submit me in 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 the mindset. Well, it's like so, taking a street fight with somebody who you know you might lose to. Exactly. Right? So when I go out and now I know that I'm in a circle of champions and I'm doing this against them and I'm in the same realm of champions to do that, it's, pretty, it's a pretty awesome but yet scary kind of experience if you're not used to this kind of thing. Well, and just the, the magnitude of that because it wasn't that many years ago when you were looking at probably not even thinking you'd ever go to that level, you know, or no. just like, you know, being on that kind of world stage, you know, it's one thing to be able to compete in like local tournaments that are just regional specific, but you know, when you're bringing in the best talent in the world and competing against that, like that's, that's gotta be tough. Yeah. When you go to, there's a difference. If you go to like a event like Seattle, you'll get a few guys come out. Maybe they'll be at my age now. Generally, most of the guys are, are pretty darn good because they're, 
they're wanting to do the same thing I am. They're trying to get a warm-up match to go to World Masters, and they or they they they're training all the time, and they still want to be an active competitor. And it's my belief that as a school owner, that I want to obviously lead by example, and I want to be able to not be one of those guys who tells my student to go and do something that I wouldn't myself do. Well, that so, and you know, being able to be comfortable coming back to your guys' school and with a loss yeah and me on the walk through the doors with your head held high being like this is okay yeah and, and i mean uh, tough leading it, the ship right it, it, it is but it isn't because most of my students that they obviously they train with me on the daily and they know that i'm i'm a handful with them and they know okay wow dean got his ass kicked today yeah. you know i i'm okay I, it doesn't matter if i lose you know, I just have to go out and I have to give my best and then go back to the drawing board just like he is. He's motivated now. You know, uh, I think that says something. I, I think that's... That, that said something because you get... Uh, we have right now a lot of people walking into try jiu-jitsu and it's not the young people. It's like the 30s, 40s. Yeah. What that is good because show to that group of people never too late to start. And give some things uh, for them to look forward. I never did that. But there is a chance for me to do if I start training. Yeah, we do. And that we is do on your level. Yeah. So there is like we have some students going this year to Vegas for the the awards. It will be their first time stepping there, and they started jiu-jitsu late, late, yeah. like two years ago. Like Paul, I think, started two years ago. He's a guy who lost maybe over forty pounds. It is like a huge difference. Yeah, no, not he's because a, he's he wants one. He wants lost weight or he wants be skinny. It's just because it's he's the training. Process. And, yeah. and then he starts. Oh, okay. I need. To, I want to try one competition, but I don't want to be in that category. Maybe I, I need to lose two pounds. Oh, and maybe I need to eat that thing because it make it better when I go to the mats. So they start slow, natural without being difficult or to be hard on their change of things and they are going to try something they never imagined in their life they're going to try go for See, a competition. See, you know, I know that I used to look at it and I think a lot of people probably did that martial arts was something you got into when you were a kid. You know, like, you know, because everybody's like, oh, when I was growing up, you know, I was in karate or when I was yeah. growing yeah. up, I was in judo. But like, you know, I, I personally really love how like the, the big demographic of people getting into trying new things now is people in their 30s and their 40s. You know, like I've had kids, you know, like I, I got my career, okay, I know my career path, you know, my kids are probably in kindergarten or higher now, I have a little bit more free time, right, like the availability's there and experimenting and then taking like the, the shackles and the chains off of, you know, restricting opportunity. And you can train jiu-jitsu and go work tomorrow. Yeah, with no, like black no, eyes yeah. and you know, like busted it up. It will happen. Yeah. yeah, we got one black eye one time by An accident. accident. Sure. Yeah. And and well, like that can be anything. But, but it's not like going to like you know boxing and you're getting your yes. face Yes. So right next day you can go work with no problem. Maybe a little bit. That's sore. the crazy thing. Like if you if you want to compare, you you I think man in general is this, it, it was put on this planet. I mean, naturally we we're kind of warriors. You know what I mean? We, we it's it, it's in our nature to be push and shove and, and be aggressive at some point in time or, or generally man in se- itself is like that. Now, as an, like an MMA, if you, if you go up and take MMA, like a lot of the young guys are starting and taking MMA, they can do MMA, but how long can they do it for before their body takes its toll? 
how long can you get punched in the face on the regular in the training and, and kicked in the thigh and, and everything else before you, you can't do that on a daily and, and work a regular job and do that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's hard on the body. Now, uh, jujitsu is one of those things where you can still be a warrior. You can still get that workout. You can still grind. You can, you can feel like have the fun. You can feel like you're, you've got, you've got a battle going on and the next day you can go to work. You, you can still, you'll be tired maybe, <laughs> yeah. but you can go to work uninjured for the most part and come back the next night and still do it. You can, it's one of those yeah. things you can do forever. You can compete like this forever too. You can't compete punching people in the face and, and doing the, the whole MMA thing. You don't see too many uh, 50 year old MMA fighters. I don't think you see any. Well, you know, probably fight. if you if you want to look at the big spectrum, the, the the only guy that I can think of that over the top that ever really got really into MMA late in life was like Randy Couture. He was like exactly forty eight, yeah. you know, and, and competed probably into his fifties and still was a specimen. But nobody else. I mean, there isn't that many. Most guys they they go through the twenty, they get like five six fights and they're done, and their bodies hooped too. See, and I think because you know it's the. It comes back to like a lot of like sports in general. Like we, have, our bodies have the capability of doing something in a time of need. Now, but that doesn't mean the need is there all day, every single day, or you know, like repetitively or going to these major events. Like, like as you're saying, like as a man, like it's it's primal that we want to protect. It's a primal that we want to go out there and you know defend. Like we have that opportunity, but you know, it might be two or three years of a dry span before you're like hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago like there would be a significant period of time where you would never defend so you might have to create these little mock situations you know like where you know you know guys might be fighting with each other like swords you know something along those lines but the actual battles were probably pretty spread like they weren't every day getting punched in the face you know going into yeah. these tournaments and all that kind of stuff there's no longevity you know behind that right but um, you know, maybe this would be a good segue. We were talking about this before, but you know, because we just you know you brought up about this is something like who we are as people. Like, what do you guys see like with kids when they come into the studio and you know they may have a parent that walks in and say you know my child has ADD or ADHD or you know they they're just not doing well in school. They're always getting in trouble. Like, what do you see when they have that that place to go to release all this pent up energy instead of being on like an antidepressant or like an archive of some kind to be able to manage that where they, they've taken more like just an outlet to expel that energy instead? Um, well, first off, I don't you can't obviously say that they don't have that when they come through the door. We don't know that they don't have something. But in our experience, at least I'm speaking from what I've seen. Roberta may see something different on this, and I'm sure she'll comment. But I, I would think that the majority of kids who say that parents say that they have a attention span and that they're not going to listen, and we've got we've already got it in our head when they come to the door, they've got it in their mind that they're not going to be very good students. It sounds like, uh, for the most part, I think they they come out of there much better than they came in, from what we can tell. Uh, they, they do get to release their energy. They do get to run around. They do get to get tired. Um, you know, they do get disciplined. And they go home, and I think the parents, I don't think we have a single parent that has said to us that, hey, their kid didn't improve by coming to jiu-jitsu class in terms of their behavior or attitude, even in the school or at home. I don't know of any. We had the odd, the odd one that it was actually needing medication, that there are some. But 
even so, I mean, we even we even deal with autistic children, and have had great success in jujitsu with autistic children. Do you think that there's a, like a pretty big pool of children now that are just that are being misdiagnosed just be, it, because it's more of like I need an outlet to get this energy out, you know? Like, and we just don't create that for children anymore, you know? Well, where it's like watered down environments, you know, like kids not being tested, you know, whether at home or at school, or you know, parents just they want to come home and you know sit on the couch and watch TV. So that's what the children do, and there's just too much stored energy in life there there is a few things to to put in the picture right you have sometimes the kid who wants attention and the parents i will not say the parents don't give attention but don't give the amount of attention the kids need or the kids wants then you have the kid doesn't do enough physical activities even um even going to the school and if you don't do the physical activities your body doesn't produce hormones if your body doesn't produce the hormones and release the hormones you need especially when you are on a growing process where you need a lot of hormones then you can create an imbalance there and that imbalance can affect it anyway. It can affect for you to have more energy, can affect for you to have less energy, can affect you on your digestive system, can affect it anywhere. So there is where we start having problems with the kids. Then they don't have any physical activity, they don't know how to move their bodies. And then they are in a growing process. Every month your leg or your arm grow. How you deal with that? You can have a kid is totally clumsy because they don't have any physical activity. They no don't motor walk. Skills. They don't they don't do even the basic thing. Walk from home to the school. Sometimes they drive and if it's closed, it's five minutes walk, but no, they drive, right? So you have all those little things to add to the picture. What doesn't it help the kids in a positive way for growing develop? So for the kids who the parents actually stay with the program for a long period, you see a huge difference. Then you have the parents where they made the decision, I will give for my kid the opportunity to try different things. So they do six months in one sport, then six months another thing, then six months another thing, and six months another thing, but they don't stay at least with you one. Uh, for a period of time. So what I see is people uh, dip the kids to try all different things, but they don't stay with one. Uh, for example, if your kid does the swimming, you're gonna get uh, in a long term, a person with a really strong upper body with a huge capacity for breath because that's what is the water give it to you right uh, if you get a kid who does play soccer for example you're gonna get a person with really strong legs uh, with the capacity for go for long runs or walk and not having problems with breathing so less maybe health issues when you have a change of the weather right because they have the lungs are developed so if you leave a kid for jiu-jitsu you're gonna get the benefits jiu-jitsu give the focus the attention the, the the mental condition to be in a hard situation and get out and they will transfer that for their life but i think the big thing for parents is yes it's nice your kid try different things 
but you need to have one specific sports or I don't know music or arts whatever one thing you need to be consistent on their life so you can get actually a benefit and I for my students even for yoga I tell you know you cannot brush your teeth once a month and expect not to have a cavity that is a daily thing so there is things in life you need keep daily okay uh, my kids need to learn to swim because it's skill let's do the swimming but he wants to try something else then we're gonna do a second one as uh, a tryout but you keep in the swimming until he learning for sure okay I'm gonna put your my kid in jiu-jitsu but I want to try other things too so put in jiu-jitsu keep it one stable and then try the other things and eventually maybe the kid you say you know I tried the swimming and I, I learned the skill but that is the one I love I'm gonna stick with that one and the other ones I can try so and you I think especially here in North America you have that idea of try everything and not stay with one thing and then Brazil uh, I think because the culture right is the parents say you do that right now and the way I told you period mm -hmm. when you're old enough to make your own decisions then you choose so you see parents like he saw like he when the first time we went to Brazil he commented how the kids are here so good they, they do everything they do that for a long time and the parents put there and it's that you're gonna do it's like going to school it, it's it, almost yeah. like that you don't have a choice in the matter you, this is what it. you're gonna do after school for one hour then you can do what you want yeah see and the, the, that's this is the funny thing that i think when it comes down to like parenting and you know kind of like generally like what you're talking about too is that you know we're always told that you know kids strive on like structure and routine and all these kind of things but it's almost like people are scared to do that or that is is breaking some kind of mold mm -hmm. that if you don't offer that structure and that routine you know kind of giving kids like the freedom to be children like yes they should have freedom you know to be able to do the things they want but I think like a lot of people nowadays are scared to create like a structured environment for you know children are saying like you know like this is what you need to or like you need to stick with a sport like you need to stick through it when you hate it you know you need to stick through it when you love it you know like there's a lot of ups and downs there's a lot of value in all those things like you know winning a competition versus not or you know like just understanding sticking with something and having commitment and I think that is important and that's a transfer for the adult, uh, you're gonna see people who doesn't just go. Oh, I'm gonna try this this year for school. Oh, that's not what I want. I'm gonna try that. So people doesn't take the time to sit down and think. Okay, what I like. So let's try to do something towards what I like. Right? Uh, is that gonna be something reasonable or not? What's the challenge? So they don't sit down to think before make a decision. And then you see that. Uh, uh, for jobs people don't hold a job for too long or they don't they are not doing good because they don't try they don't try even oh it's hard I'm giving up so you see uh, for that generation right now what I see it's a lot of people who doesn't stay in any stick with anything in life because whatever you do when you're kids you you learn and you're gonna care that with you for the rest of your life and there is things you're gonna do because your grandma made 
taught you to do that way. And then even when she's not in your life anymore, you're gonna keep that and you maybe one day, oh, that is what my grandma told me to do, right? So whatever, when you're kids, whatever you learn there, you're gonna care. And then that's a good thing, I think, for jiu-jitsu because you learn structure, you, know, you learn discipline, the respect, you learn how to control yourself and you learn there is hard moments and you are capable to overcome that hard moment even if you walk out in a better position or a not so better position so it's the win or the loss you're gonna walk out of that and confident and you're gonna use that in a positive way that I think is the for the kids is the best part for jiu-jitsu but it's a process it's like brush the chief you need to stick with that. You cannot just do one month and, oh, okay. Do you guys ever see, like, children really wanting to, like, stick with it or be just understanding the value of it, but the parents being the ones in the way? Like, parents being like, oh, this is too structured or, like, you know, I don't like the way you're talking to my child if you, like, you know, try to, say, offer some discipline or to show them respect. You know, like, do parents ever become the ones? I don't know that the parents... It's hard to say. I mean, we've we've had. Don't get me wrong. We've had some people we've had difficulty with with discipline area, and we've had discussions with the family. And uh, you know, they'll come back a couple more times, and sometimes they get a little better, or sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get worse, and then you have to have that discussion again. And then we've had parents after we've had those talks, uh, we've we've disciplined the child on the mat, like basically separated them from the group, or. Um, if they're an older kid, we will, you know, make them make them do like some kind of exercise as kind of like a, to keep their mind back and go, okay, you're going to do like whatever it is, say it's 20 push-ups or something like that for your actions and have the kid break down and be mad because we, we kind of isolated him and made a point to tell him that he's out of line. And then going back to the family, he probably give his parents resistance and then the parents give up they give up they they almost they don't want to force the kid to go back in they the kids like saying no i'm not going back to class because that guy picked on me or he made me uh, he exposed me to the rest of the students as being or he just held me yeah accountable. held him yep. accountable right and they don't like they don't like being put on the spot we had that a couple of times um but like i you know we told the parents i'm not gonna not punish them that's what they're here you asked me to do that you asked me to discipline them when they're out of line we did that in such a manner that's not out of line but we we've 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 shown that they were doing wrong you know what is not a punishment it's not it's a, a consequence, consequence of, of the action. actions right so yeah we had a couple of parents say say you know what we send got a nice phone call or an email saying hey you know johnny doesn't want to come to class anymore uh and uh, i'm pulling the daughter out too and she's going to go back to ballet because they put the daughter or the brother and sister in. The sister was maybe really good at it too. It's kind of unfortunate that you lose the package of them, but it is what it is. I mean, you, you cannot run a program and then be uh, different with one than the others because we're trying to set the, we're trying to set the platform. Mm -hmm. We're trying to set, a, set um, the rules and, the, and, and, and show it's even across the board. And if one guy does it, then the other guy, you know, isn't going to do it. That type of thing, we're separated out. Yeah, and there's not too many environments anymore that we can be in where, like, that kind of 
you know, no matter what the expectation is, whether it's like physical performance or, you know, like, like the energy behind it, or just like, you know, showing the respect and the discipline that it's has a really uniform neutrality behind it. You know, like when you walk into like a jujitsu studio or probably any martial arts studio, it's like, everybody's going to kick, everybody's going to be kicked, everybody's going to punch, everybody's going to get punched, you know, like everybody, you know, um, like has to live under the same code of respect and show the same respect to the rules that everybody else does, or there's going to be that consequence, right? Like there's not a lot of other environments that you can think of like outside of maybe like the military or something along those lines that just offer that experience now. Yeah, that's probably true. Because right. in every work environment we know, like, you know, outperformers always get special treatment. You know, if you're better looking, you get a little bit of special treatment, but in each one of these situations, right, it's not like that at all. You know, because the one thing that I've really learned over the years about, you know, anybody who's in martial arts who has, who's an outperformer, instead of it being to their advantage where they can take advantage of this situation, it almost offers them more humility to be able to teach and educate, you know, other people where you take like, you know, you, I hear all the time, you know, rolling with like a black belt is going to be far more to your benefit than rolling with a white belt if you're a white belt because you're less likely to get injured you're going to learn more they're going to like kind of like cradle you through it and, and understand how you need to be able to improve that's true i i think there's a lot of truth to that and a, and a lot of times like uh, fresh belts are unpredictable um and that's why you know another thing too about jujitsu is uh, the high belts have to understand that there's as much value with rolling with a new guy than there is a high belt because to say two black belts roll against each other, we kind of know what the guy's going to do. We kind of know because we, we've learned. We've learned, okay, he's moved this way, so I'm going to move that way. But a white belt that doesn't have the knowledge, you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, they, 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 You might do something, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've got a, you've got a hand on your throat or something. You know what I mean? And, and that's not a normal response if you're rolling with somebody that's of the same belt level because they've already trained for all those years, and they, they know – they know the proper way to deal with things. But if you don't know anything, it's almost like it's almost more dangerous to say because you don't know what the guy's going to do. He can just go crazy. He's going to use all his power because he doesn't know anything else but strength. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know technique. So strength is the only thing left. Yeah, strength and energy become strength like the and only Strength and energy assets, become right? the only assets. And that's probably by nature. It's probably totally by nature. It's better to know almost uh, – Sometimes it's better to know nothing than something in those kind of situations. Do you ever almost get caught still sometimes by these junior belts? Um, I don't recall, like, not so much getting caught because I'm pretty aware most of the time what happens, but I can say that every time I roll with a new one, especially a stronger guy who's a white belt and maybe he's, like, you know, a little bit bigger than me or he's even of the same size and you roll with him, they're definitely a challenge to, to move around with because – they are, like you say, they, they go 100%. They're like explosive from the beginning. Uh, they're strong. They're grabbing. They're, they're doing things that aren't normal. Very so, unorthodox, yeah. Very unorthodox movement. And you got to learn how to move yourself in accordance to unorthodox movement. So can I be in like a position where I'm in uncomfortable? Of course, I think so. I, I think none of them can be underestimated. I don't believe it. I don't believe anybody should be underestimated, to be honest. Yeah. So Roberta, where where are you with your belt color? Like I know that you go like are you are you still are you? I'm a blue belt, four stripes. Uh, so the next one will be purple. Unfortunately, the last six months I was not training because I have the luck to get a herniated disc. Oh. And uh, a cyst, a tarlov cyst on my spine. So 
I'm in the process of recovering. Started to do a few exercises two weeks ago, and I I was back on the mat last week. Yeah. And now I start to move again, but I was in really bad shape. I could not sit, bend, twist. How is that? Especially for somebody who's so active, like you're. Yeah, you're... it was hard because one day I'm okay, and the next day you feel that sharp pain on the back, from the back down to the leg, and I could not sit, bend, uh, twist. I could not cough, laugh, or sneeze. And oh. one of the times when I sneeze, you feel that sharp pain. I lost the, the control of my leg and I fell on the floor. So it's. It's hard, not just, it's painful, really, really painful. And it's hard because you cannot do anything. Like even sit on a chair to have your breakfast. So, and I'm doing so many things and suddenly I could not do anything. So it was a challenge. Um, but I was uh, seeing other people in the same situation I was, and they are pretty much with no life lying beds. And I still, doing my work, I could still teach the yoga because I can just stand there and give the directions for everybody. And I now I think I was able to do a few things and have a, a kind of life because the yoga and because the jiu-jitsu. I could figure out ways to move my body, to do what I want, even with some pain, and not to be with like some people just lying bad. So do you feel kind of like like because you've been so athletic your whole life and then with being so heavy into yoga and jujitsu now, like you can manage that pain better than also, like you said, having like the awareness how to control your body to like mitigate the stress to not get that pain response? Uh, I could, I had the knowledge because yoga to move the joints of my body in a way I could get up and sit down or get out because like, uh, it's a little bit embarrassing. It was so bad, I could not sit in the toilet to go pee. And get up from the toilet was impossible. I got the point, oh my God, if I go to work, I need to call somebody to come here to get me up. That is not possible, right? But you think so, like way before that is where most people would just give up entirely. Like, you know, to, to have that kind of struggle and just knowing what it's like, like most people... I would assume and even adventure out of their house, not knowing whether they could, you know, go to the bathroom or not. Yes. So I think they have the knowledge, okay, I cannot from here put my feet down and get up, but I can figure out other ways through the movement to get down. So I could like do knee down and then move from the knee down up, moving the using the ankles, the toes, the knee, and the hips without moving too much my spine because that was what the problem. Uh, every time you move the spine, do some movement, there is a compression of the nerve, the nerve shut down, and then I cannot, it is painful and I cannot move. So thank you for the knowledge I had. I could move and I could keep working um, even with the pain until I get finally see the doctor, get the MRI, get medication, get physio. Now I'm way better. I can, I started doing a few things and started getting back to the mat and it took me five months. So I cannot imagine who doesn't have any of that knowledge or somebody to help, how they can live 
pretty much just lying beds. Well, then some people just choose to live the rest of their life like that too, because yeah. they don't have any other options or they don't have the, the tools physically, mentally, or emotionally and say, okay, I need to push myself through this discomfort to be able to break out through to the other yes. side because it's so uncomfortable for and the body. The, the other thing was like, find out I have the herniated disc. Okay, I can treat that. And then find out I have that Tarlov cyst, which is something rare, not so many people has. Apparently there is no treatment. There is some surgery you can do, but not everybody qualified to be doing the surgery. And some people live in pain. Just you have to deal with. And this the symptoms is similar as the herniated disc. So have to think about I need I like I was not feeling even to eat but I'm gonna force to eat because I know I need the food I'm gonna force to do some movements than yoga because I know that it will help so those little things you do add with the treatment with the medication with the physio with the the tense machine and everything to give it for you a life and eventually walk out that uh, situation. So I, I thank you to everything we do, like jujitsu and the yoga, uh, even the trapeze. I was doing inversions to help it discompress to see if it can make ease on the nerve. So everything I, I think helped a lot because I was really bad situation um, in November. If it was not for having the body prepared for that or have the knowledge how to deal with that and even the mindset right you need okay i just need to breathe wait for the that moment that sharp pain go away then i can move on so it's it's a patient right you need to overcome and being you know being comfortable with pain like i i feel like that because of all the sports i've played in my life and like just how i choose to live my life i'm really comfortable with discomfort in my body and i find that to be valuable with being able to see the longevity in all this you know like we're if you're running, you have like a little bit of pain in the knee. You're just like, okay, well, I've been through this enough times where I know that in a few days, this inflammation is going to go down and it's going to feel okay. You know, like just being comfortable with all those processes. And that's, you know, the takeaway I got from what you were explaining was just like, you'd have this pain, but like you were, you almost had like a real comfort level with it too. Just knowing how to be able to manage that because you know that it's going to pass or that you can still move. You just have to change the way that you move. Or, you know, like just think about it a little bit more, but there's a comfort level with dealing with it. Yeah, even at home one day, get try and get up the chair. He, what are you doing? Don't touch me. Just give me time. I'm gonna get. Do you need help? No, no. I don't need your help. Just give me time. <laughs> I can sit down and I can get up. Just wait a moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a process, definitely, and have all the supports from what we do. Have the support of the people around us there on, on the mat, like motivating, oh no, you're gonna get better. Oh, we're gonna help. And even some days I, I went to class, I could not do anything, but I can um, just watch, learn the technique. Eventually I will be back on the mat and I can, I will remember that class. I know what to do. Now I just need to experience that on my own body because I saw everybody doing that for an hour and a half and I listen and I see what people uh, did wrong when they are doing. So I will be able to 
get that in use after. Well, and the benefit of keeping yourself immersed in it versus removing yourself altogether. You know, saying like, you know, I need to keep it a part of the routine. I need to go. I still want to see the people, you know, whether or not you, you own the studio or you just go there to participate, you know, like keeping yourself active in like that environment to feel the support, but then also that you feel the, a part of your routine oh. being set in, like those things are involved. We, we had well. one student, she had a knee issue and he had to be off the mat for a surgery for four months, I guess he was. Probably. Off. Yeah. Yeah. But he was pretty much every single class there. <laughs> with his camera taking pictures for everybody um even make some comments wearing his gi but that's uh, a sense of community like that that right he, there is the definition there. of the community that you guys have created that even though this guy knew like for an extended period of time that he couldn't train like still put on his gi he'd still come in he would support everybody and still yeah. be a part of the experience and chose to keep that in his routine like that's, we encouraged it a lot with like injured athletes rather than well what are you going to do oh i'm going to stay home well you're not really learning anything by staying home and you're not not really doing yourself any favors either and another thing too is like originally when we opened the school we invested in a cryo two cryotherapy machines for uh for injury related stuff or inflammation and all that and we've got the the deep freeze and stuff in the in the studio with all the cryo packs and you know the machines and everything on hand so when a lot of times when a when a guy gets injured say he you know tweaks his elbow or he's got a buggered shoulder or his knee hurts or whatever we tell him to come to class and we hook him up we yep. hook him up and he's, he can sit in the chair he can rehab himself would probably cost him 50 bucks an hour or something someplace downtown vancouver uh and it's part of his uh his membership he gets to rehab watch class he can grab a coffee or a drink out of the machine whatever and that's it i mean be in the be in the environment stay coming you know best thing stay like stay consistent in your lifestyle that's one yeah. thing about our place i one <clears> friend <throat> he mentioned one time uh we 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 made our place an experience mm. so people go there just not just for jiu-jitsu or just for the class there is more so he he called our studio as a starbucks the starbucks of yeah. jiu-jitsu yeah. <laughs> it's, something... it's an experience when you Do go you to wi-fi too no, I don't know. We might. No, uh, I, 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 if we have a Wi-Fi there, I never will be closing the studio because yeah. <laughs> it's the class is one hour and a half, and then people get like there before and stay after, and there is no Wi-Fi. Imagine if I yeah. have Wi-Fi there. What do you guys think of cryotherapy? Like, like, what, what's your experiences like? Do you like, because I love cryotherapy. I'm, I'm a fan. I, I think that. Um, especially from uh, in, uh, inflammation and pain aspect um, right from the get-go that the cryotherapy definitely is a bonus um, deal with, to deal with the inflammation quickly it's nice but also it's a number right you, you you get that body part that got injured tends to go numb which takes a little bit of pain off a little bit of stress out and uh, if you use it consistently um, you know they say uh, that statistics showing that there's up to a 20 percent um, recovery quicker recovery rate so i i'm a fan of it i think it was a worthy thing to do and i think it's a service among our other services that's original and unique that um we're able to give is it hard to convince people because i i know for me like when you talk is like people people gravitate towards being warm and obviously there's like you know yeah. there's a lot of like inflammation reduction you know from the heat shock protein release you know the same thing you're getting from the cold shock um you know protein release but it's hard to convince people to subject themselves to that because, you know, I go I go into an environment that's usually between minus 35 and minus 40 for about 10 minutes. Sure. I try to do about twice a week. And 
it's a battle. Like your mind, like you're you're stacking bricks of fortitude when you're in there. But man, the just even the norepinephrine release that I get from it after, like I feel fantastic. But in my mind, because you know, I'm at least two or three fitness hours every single day. You know, five six days a week for sure. Yeah. And my inflammation level is so minimal. And like, yeah, every I think everything has a place. Yeah. Like, when you make a chocolate cake. Oh yeah. You don't need to just did chocolate. You make, did you bring chocolate cake with you? I know, not today. <laughs> but I have some protein balls sometimes for the guys when we have seminars. But when you make a chocolate cake, it's not just chocolate. You need other things. You need flour, oil, eggs. You need maybe uh, do the the order of the things you put in the bowl in a certain order, and then you need a specific time to to cook. It's the same thing in your body. So there is a space for the massage, there is a space for the yoga, there is a space for your diet, for your water taking, there is a space for the cryo, there is a space for the heat. So I think there is a, a moment for each kind of therapy yeah. and all together will make you better, like it will give more for you or give more benefits. But definitely for us, having the, the body parts for the cryo, it's the cold plus the compression they, they do, it's help that something. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, I believe in both. Like I use cryo and I also use heat. And uh, some depending on the doctor you talk to, or the physiotherapist or the acupuncturist, they're going to say one way or another is what you should do. Now, I find for immediate sports injury, sprained ankle, uh, your elbow hyperextended, a shoulder that you, you tweaked, something of that nature to hit cryotherapy immediately upon that definitely definitely calms the situation and reduces the pain and the inflammation now that's a 20 minute hit you come out of that 20 minute hit do you have the can you feel the body part probably not if i was to throw a heat pad on it immediately would it take away my pain would it take away my inflam probably not but you need the heat for the for the blood flow later on right so the cryo is there's there's two different purposes behind heat and cold. I think uh, if you talk to, to some of the top guys that work with sports people, and you talk to them like you know like um, the guys who manage with the Whitecaps or they'll talk deal with the Canucks or or you know the high level guys the trainers they're gonna say you gotta treat immediate injury with ice. I think it's the best method. Immediate injury with ice, and then afterwards you hit it with the heat later on. And I, I think that's a decent process. I think you definitely need blood throw back, but I don't disagree with the next day hitting it with cold again. I think you still got to control inflammation and it's a natural way to control inflammation without putting drugs in your system too. See, and that's why for me, like I just, I try to do both all the time, yeah. whether or not I need it or not, because I want to be preventative. Like I want to try to be able to stay ahead of the curve a little bit, just have enough anti-inflammatory sure. markers floating around my bloodstream that, you know, if I have a little bit of a tweak, I'm just, I got a little bit more tools in the tool bag initially. Yeah. And you know, like I, I find, like said, like, like I punish my body all the time and I, I'm shocked and I always question, knock on some wood, that uh, I don't know why I don't have more inflammation or injuries like in my bike because I, I really go full tilt. Like I love pushing the bar, um, but I, I find because it is like what Roberto, what you were saying is that I don't, I'm not heavy on one side of anything. You know, like my, I have 
my diet, I try to, you know, eat a little bit more for it. It gives my body the tools and especially reducing inflammation from within, you know, then I'll let, like, you know, cryo one or two days a week. I'll do the heat one or two days a week, you know, variety of sport, not just sticking to like one thing. I have like four or five things that I do quite regularly. Just all these little things where it's not just, I feel like when we back ourselves into like one specific corner where you're, you're all about the diet, then you're missing some things. When you're all about just cryo, you're missing some things. When you're all about just lifting weights, you're missing some things. You, you, need, you need to mix because that's part of your, our nature. Mm-hmm. You need different vitamins, you need water, you need some foods, you need carbs, you need sugar, you need salt. Of course, in the specific amount, doesn't you need to exaggerate, like you don't need to eat a full cake just one piece will be okay but you need to find that balance so um it's almost put your, yourself in the center of a circle and in that circle around you you're gonna put those little things like your uh, the foods the water the the type of physical activity you do um the meditation your and meditation, I don't need don't need to be like sitting in a yoga studio to to do. You can take care of your mind in different ways. Maybe go for a walk by yourself. Maybe sit down for read a book, and that can open your mind for something. So it's just little things you're gonna put a massage, a therapy, or you know things like that to kind of make your body one. Like for echo challenge, when I used to train, we train like four, five hours in weekends. Go for get the bike, ride the bike. From the bike, we go for a hiking. As is sometimes from the hiking, go for the the kayaking. And then I remember in the end, we always stop in the point where we park the cars, and there is a waterfall close there. So in the end, we always load things in the car, walk to the waterfall. It was like ten minutes walk, get under the water because it's freezing codes and then walk out so that was probably the therapy we do every time after training help not to feel so tired and it's funny because we have done a lot of these things as human beings for like thousands of years but we've only really recently disconnected from them but now we're reconnecting back with them and understanding like like how did these people know you know when it comes to like fermented products or like you know being in the cold you know like all these kinds like they figured these things out before they really understood the science behind it at all just simply like hey i feel better when i do this yeah like that was really like the guest adaptation yeah yeah and i mean what you're saying about your your lack of inflammation can be just uh your your lifestyle mix is on point Mm -hmm. you know more or less i mean i find that i actually feel more inflamed like body wise when I stop doing if I take a few days off if my routines are consistent and I'm on the mats every day or I you know my my gym routine I've sort of I think I overtrained myself in the gym I I really was trying to be stronger and I was putting going to the gym and, and I had like a five day routine and I've cut it back by two days I've done the same amount in three days with less exercises, but more focused exercises, like uh, if say it's if if it's a chest day and a chest and biceps day, I'll I'll probably take two to three chest exercises max, and then I'll move to biceps, and I try to make my workout no longer than 45 minutes, and it's strength focused, but and I'm not I'm not going as he- I'm not really focused on how heavy I'm going so much as I am like my form. I guess because 
I feel like I'm I'm actually more I'm, I've I've got more out of the workout and I'm actually more tired with more moderate weights but more focused exercises than I was when I had like eight chest eight chest exercises or something to do and like yeah. you know five for bicep and then I got to finish off with abs and cardio. I'm like I'm spent. I don't even have any more in yeah, I think me to at continue. That point in time, but what? Because that's the one thing that I found. I was I was usually typically more worried about getting through it all. Yeah. Then like more the experience itself. You know, like where, like you said, because like I really try to cap most of my workouts in about forty-five minutes. You I know, think that's a magic too. number. And you know, like when I'm when I'm working out for forty-five minutes, I feel, for one, I prioritize what I'm doing more because it's a less amount of time. Like there's just less time to procrastinate, but I'm I'm more connected with what I'm doing because I also know that the time is not there, so I can put out more more effort at doing what I want. Now that doesn't mean as in like more effort, there's more speed, but like more effort is in like, I want to focus on doing this better. I want to feel this exercise more or, you know, like just really choosing which exercises that you do when, you know, because then mm. you just have that availability, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, in talking to some of like the top jujitsu fighters, even like, uh, like take uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. For instance, who's fighting MMA now in, in Bellator um, and is a title fight with Musashi coming up. Um, Rafael is part of our, our jiu-jitsu team and uh, I recently did a seminar with him and we talked a little bit he talked to me specifically a little bit about my training and sort of my mental too I think he put me in check on some of those things but one thing that he mentioned to me was his training regime is like his strength his strength and endurance training is twice a week the rest of his stuff is, is really it's really focused on those two days but those other days he's put a lot more focus on you know, on the mat and then you know another saying kind of resonated with me too which somebody said to me one time was saying if you want to be a good fisherman do you go golfing or do you go fishing well I go fishing is the obvious answer I'm gonna be if I want to be good at something that's what I do he goes well then you want to be a good jiu-jitsu fighter then why you put all your focus in lifting the weights there, you need some of that for strength and conditioning, but you should be putting more on mat time. And then on those couple days that you are doing your strength training, focus really hard on that. Then go back and your focus is your jiu-jitsu. The other exercises are supposed to be focused so that your jiu-jitsu gets better. So it's specific exercises too, mm-hmm. you know, it's specific to your art. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting when you say, like, as you were saying, like, you know, if, if you want to be a better fisherman, you just go fishing. You know, but then as you were saying that, I'm thinking about, then, you know, like, you kind of take apart your rod and your reel and yeah. you restring it. You know, but it's all about fishing. Exactly. You know, it's not about, you know, learning how to swing a bat. But, you know, if you learn how to swing a bat, you know, your body's just going to move a little bit better. So you do it every once in a while. You know, then you go golfing. But it's not it's not your main state. You don't put all your vested energy in there. You find different things about the thing that you love, you know, which would be jujitsu. How, what can I do to be able to make that, you know, better? It's like, you know, going to seminars, you know, being in that environment because you learn and you take away things that that's, that's ultimately what you want yeah. to find. You now you said something, uh, going to seminar, uh, the education, the investments you need to do for, in our case, for the business, right? for being able to be in a position to teach somebody. Right? That is a lot of time and education too. And I think that's one thing people should consider when they're looking for a place to do is what the time 
those teachers has there. Uh, you want somebody who is capable to, to give it to you the benefit of whatever sports you do and minimize any negative side of because everything has two sides right it has the positive and the negative you we want to take as much we can from the positive and less as you can from the negative so the the education the time you put the seminars the extra uh, workshops the courses you put in it's important is important too like yeah, because you're always going to take away something a little bit from that, right? Yes. You know, like well, my my idea on seminar work is, is is my expectations are if I can learn one thing in the seminar, just one thing, come away from that seminar, learning one key thing that I can add to my jujitsu repertoire or, or my teaching, I won in that case. Because but even because you look at like yeah. your students are coming to micro seminars every time they walk through the door. Sure, they are. Yeah, you know, it's the same concept, just on a smaller scale, right? Teaches you know? me how to be a better teacher too, to see someone else relay the information, and I can actually say, come away with it, saying, hey, you know, like I got something from that guy, or he didn't do this or that the way I would have liked to have seen it. So, I mean, I learn something regardless of what's being taught. I've been to good seminars, I've been to really good seminars, and I've been to some bad ones where I thought I was going to get a lot out of it. Uh, I thought the person would be more broken down with the details and be able to show show me what I wanted to see and, and walked away kind of not disappointed but like saying yeah it's not what I anticipated out of that but did I learn something yeah I, I've learned something at everything from everybody and I guess it is even finding the ways to be able to find out what you learned because there might be sometimes when your students come you know down to the studio who kind of feel like, you know, I really wanted to learn something else today, which we went through that technique, but, you know, we worked on something a little bit more basic, more beginner, but realizing there's benefit in that, mm. you know, kind of like fine tuning, like all the small things and stuff like that as you go along. Yeah. And, and I think it's key. Like I tend to like talk to the students after the classes, like even in like just the, when we we're cleaning the mats or we're, we're in the coffee lounge or in the change rooms or whatever. And I say, hey, man, what are you thinking today? And I get the feedback and, and usually Sometimes they want to know something or they want to go back over something, and that's cool. I like to do this. Uh, but for the most part, most people really enjoyed what they learned, which is a positive because it means I'm getting the point across. And, you know, I can say, like, judging by our last weekend of competition, that the work we're doing is working, that what we're teaching, they're being able to implement and actually make it happen in real time with yeah. other people. So to me, that's gratifying to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a school owner and a teacher, uh, someone who's obviously striving to be better at his craft or his art, uh, and being able to be a good teacher, that's ideally what you want to be, is someone who can relay the information information, and be able to make the other people be able to see it and use it. Yeah. yeah. Last tournament was a really good, not just because we see the how people got better but there was a few things one it, the people who was not doing the competition they have no plans to do they are there to watch and the support. ones mm, was no. doing the we're in our colors there to support the teammates there to congratulate her there to like for the whole day them, so you know? and we see like uh, we had as the uh, the organization who did the competition agreed to do a special match for one of our autistic kids with our teacher that was really nice for us like you, you can feel like the parents 
cheering all the people who even doesn't know them but they knew it was a special man they they saw so that was really nice too and uh it's for us to see all that work and people getting happy and crying because something nice like that happened it, it's nice or see the girls who walk in the never jiu-jitsu try one time and they are there on the mats to trying like everybody else and feel confident even in really bad moments that is another win for yeah. us yeah and you know the surprising thing about our club is although we compete people that in the club and, and a lot of them compete we never encourage them to compete like we didn't well we never push them to compete is the better word i always encourage people to try it because mm -hmm. i think people need to realize and feel their jujitsu to yeah. say like hey i can use it i feel good with it or i was able to implement some of the stuff the teacher showed me or just to know where they're at and or maybe it's a lesson to learn how to, lo to accept losing or or feel victory one of those things is is good and and i, I think some of the higher belts like uh, some of the people that i would have um looked up to over the years always said you know our theory on that is maybe at each belt color it's good that they compete once at that belt just to feel what it is. actually is a good theory to go by because you know, it's just kind of like just once testing even. it out there in the open market yeah. a little bit. You know, not really as a concept of like, you know, win or lose, you know, per se, but just like to kind of test your color against, you know, other people. In a yeah. safe environment. In a yeah. safe and controlled environment. Absolutely. And, and although, like I said, we don't push people to compete, I think because of the nature of I compete, some of the other people compete, they see it and they, you come back and you talk about it. It's kind of like, hey man, how come I'm not competing? And Where we, have I get we've that got deal, like, right? yeah. we've got like, say, say we have 25 people on the floor, and there'd be a night where, well, there's over half of them that are competing, which That's is true. amazing, right? Like, which you say, don't see it. I, no. I think for people who don't don't go to jiu-jitsu or don't know enough about it, like realize that that's pretty odd like that's not very common for it's so many people. i don't think it is either i was thinking yeah. about it the other day it's it's our percentage of competitors and students is almost like it's not one-to-one -one, but it's it's close. it's close it's it's close and the majority of people that are coming in every day are competing well and i just, I just some level. know because you know the environment i'm in i know so many people go to like you know different clubs for you know whether it's jujitsu or karate or anything like there's there's not a lot of people who compete at like any one of these who they they go to be able to learn but they don't go and test it you know for so for you guys to have such a high pool you're obviously doing something quite amazing like on the weekend we had we had six adults compete um on the weekend and all five six kids. yeah and five kids, five kids six adults and um we pulled medals in every single adult amazing uh yeah every single adult what are the odds of that right like it's you won't expect some losses and stuff like this and and we did have a couple losses but we we put, came away with two golds three silvers one bronze in adult class the feeling around the studio right now just must be awesome ah, and people right? are talking wow. about it and they're watching the videos and everyone's proud of the school like the the, the guys want to wear the logo. I'm having people ask me to make shirts and stuff with the school logos on and stuff now because they have a sense of pride. We're the we're the small guy in the valley that defied everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're we're not just like jujitsu, yeah. like just through and through. Like that's the whole concept behind it. Like it's just like kind of like us school. against them. You know that yeah. feeling? Like it's us against them. You know? And look at all of us did it. Yeah. And we did it together. So it's sort of the feeling that's going on and. People are excited about it, and now everyone's like shooting already, talking about this, the next one, the next one. We're gonna have more guys. We're gonna have more guys. 
We got. Which is fine because all those people who are fence sitting is gonna help bridge the gap for them, you know, and kind of get them. Not out not there, just right? that. Like some people, they are willing to save their money and to invest in themselves through jujitsu. Like we we just did a ten days camp. So I took a group of people to go to Brazil to train on the base camp there. So they are training twice a day. And then when you think, oh my God, I'm going to train twice a day, that is going to be killing. And yeah, they did that to have weather. fun. Yeah. <laughs> but they did that yeah. easy, having fun for four days training jiu-jitsu morning and night. And after they travel a little bit around, so see a different side of Brazil, the different culture if you compare with here. And... It, it's become like a lifestyle for that group. They came back and I know everybody's so happy. Okay, like we need to do today again. So I'm already planning another camp for 2021 and look like it will be double so it, we'll have to do two trips more. because of the or two groups this time around because wow. the first one is already repeat of this or the first group that will take over will be a repeat of the last group and then we have another new group. Wow. So it's, it's, it's Talk about community. You guys have just yeah. done such amazing things so there. That right? is really nice seeing people. Okay, I'm going to have a plan for the next two years, saving the money because I want to invest in my education because they go there for education. The training is learning more for people with a lot of experience, different body types, and it, it's nice. It's nice to see how that integrates and how you can learn slow how to deal with the difference and, and make that a fun time for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe this would be a good time for you guys just to plug your studio and we, we can cap it off there because this, this yeah. vortex has brought us into over two hours. Oh my already. God, two is, hours a year? Yeah, wow. I want you guys to, it's a beautiful day outside. I know you guys uh, eating up your morning here and stuff, but plug your studio, like, like phone number, email, web address, Instagram, Facebook, the whole bit. Like how, how can people get a hold of you guys? Well, we, we, for social media, we're on Facebook. We have a, a, a group chat page uh, that you can join on to check out all of the stuff that goes on in the school on a daily basis. It's at, uh, it's at Brazil Wellness, Brazil Wellness Center page. Now we Brazil spell it differently. Life. So we, we spell it with B-R-A-S-I-L and wellness and then center is C-E-N-T-E-R. So some a little bit different than, uh, than most people spell, but we are on there. It's easy if you look us up, we're there. We also have a normal page there. We're on Instagram at um, uh, Hibero, so Hibero JJ Langley. So you can check that page out. That's Instagram is pretty active. It's pretty much got all of our. Um, can you spell that out for uh, R E B Hibero H R I R I B E I R O J J Langley. Yeah. Yeah. Hibero. So that's the Instagram page, and that pretty much you know it's got a lot of stuff from our our life in there for sure we have the school stuff we have uh, all of my um all max demo stuff when i'm doing stuff out in the field for people to come and talk to jiu-jitsu and supplementation you know for education that type of thing for that um amongst other things we we do put lots of stuff up there and uh you can reach us at the studio at 778-908-2472 that's the common line number um call that number anytime pretty much and even if we're, website, yeah right? and we also have the website which is www.brazilwellnesscenter.com just like the facebook group um and that's that's pretty much our page that explains everything about the club and the programs and that type of thing so 
Yeah, and if you guys are at. just looking to be able to get into uh, to jujitsu and you want to, you know, be a part of a community, a community that does so much more, you know, than just get together, you know, like a few days a week, you know, going to tournaments, competing together, traveling together, and just, you know, being around a, a solid group of people. This definitely sounds like the place. And um, amazing husband wife team, killing it, running the show. And thank you guys for coming on. Oh, thanks for thank having you. us. Much appreciated. Yeah. Happy Easter. <laughs>